0: And everybody gets it back again Don't take no mess at the Rose Garden Raise us their own fire They're what we desire The men in black can handle it Other teams can't it. How they win that game today There's
1: just one thing you So let's get to the schedule. Because that came out today. You and I, you know, full disclosure, you and I both had it for a little bit. And we have had a little bit more time to uh, go through it and kind yeah, of. Yeah, it was weird how I
0: had all of the schedule breakdown the second it went live.
1: Oh, yeah, me too you actually jumped the gun a little bit yours yours went up at like 11 30 your patreon post went up at 11 30. did I it my, yeah it did i had mine scheduled to run exactly at noon and it went out and, but you're, you beat me by like like, my, like half, 20. mine 30. was definitely
0: scheduled but I, maybe i bumped it back a 30 minute slot <laughs> when i was grabbing this little wheel
1: Oops. Oh, man. Well, it was supposed to go I mean, at noon. Well, we probably, we probably broke some rules. It's so funny to me how they are treating this like a state secret. The NBA does and the teams do. When it's like. It, You're gonna like I get I get that like content is slow right now and everybody has like I know that the team has like their so like their social team had this video that they put out and all the different teams had one by the way the Nets one where the girl described the Blazers logo as two question marks trying to make love that was so good yes but it's like I get I get get that like I get that like they have a rollout of of this stuff and like ESPN is doing their TV special so like I get it and I'm fine like not stepping on it but. It's so funny that they treat this stuff like it's classified information when it's literally just like every team is going to play 82 games, 41 at home, 41 on the road. It's going to be a little bit different this year because of the tournament stuff where like every team has one game that's not scheduled yet, so only 80 of the 82 games are out. And then if the team makes the championship round of the in-season tournament, they'll play an 83rd game. So it's a little bit different.
0: It's a, The 20 and 21st game, it's, it's a little bit wonky.
1: yeah. So, like, that whole that whole second yeah. week of December that's, like, not, like, is, like, basically left open right now just in case, like, you know, you know, just, just so they can schedule it. Uh, I will say, when I saw the schedule for the in-season tournament that came out in the first one of the two TV specials that the league milked out of the schedule release, mm-hmm. uh, I just thought, oh, they have no chance in this group at all. But
0: oh yeah, no. I mean, well, Phoenix, it's Phoenix, Memphis, Phoenix and... Lakers,
1: Memphis, Utah, Utah. Yeah. But you think about it, Jaw's still going to be suspended. Yeah. So Memphis, the Blazers has... are
0: going to play Memphis twice with no Jaw.
1: Yeah. Well, they well they have both of their two. All four, they play Memphis four times. Both of and and it's four. It's two of the baseball series. One in Portland at the beginning of November. Right one in Memphis yeah. at the beginning of March. And so Jaw is going to be suspended for those first two, and then presumably he'll be back for the two in March. But so in this, in this group play thing, you're playing Memphis, who's still not going to have jaw, and Brandon Clark is probably going to miss the whole year with a torn Achilles. So that's mm-hmm. two of, like, their guys. The Lakers, you know, you don't know if LeBron and AD are going to be they're healthy. They're going to load manage with some Yeah, stuff. they're going to load manage those guys. Uh, Phoenix, you know, those guys have had health issues in the past. Uh, Beal and Duran and Booker. And also, like, their roster is just so top-heavy that, like, they have those One four guy, guys, yeah. and then it's like the oh, there is literally uh, my buddy Ian Cohen, who's a music writer, uh, described the Suns roster as the basketball roster uh, equivalent of the Killers album Hot Fuss,
0: where oh, there's there four
1: go. like classic songs, and then and like then the rest of it is else. just like so it's like so it's like like you know they have four four guys on max deals, and then like a bunch of vet men guys on the rest of the roster. So it's trucks you know, so. And then you know Utah, like Utah's a good team, but like you know it's not Utah's not unbeatable. So it's like there is the it is not at all outside of the realm of possibility that Portland goes like four and zero or three and one in these random four games over these two weeks in November and get. I still into, think it's
0: I feel like it's difficult for them to be successful there, but they might be. Uh, I, I should put Utah on this. I think Utah and Portland might be the ones who maybe maybe take this a little more seriously. Or,
1: yes. Because no, neither of those teams have any real shot at actually being title contenders. Or, no, like, like both of those teams, I would say their ceiling is like maybe they're they make the playoffs like out of the play-in if every single possible thing goes right. I mean, yeah, maybe uh, I could maybe like I Utah could maybe certainly. see Utah being a top six team. Portland, I think the absolute ceiling is play-in, but even that is like a and million that's, things have to go right. And that's
0: like Dame still on the team.
1: Him like, and Scoot actually fit together perfectly. Y- they yeah. they trade Ant for like. A, a wing. wing, yeah. They they upgrade the Nerk spot. Like, a million things have to happen. I am fully expecting the Blazers to be a top five lottery team this, this season when everything Top is five
0: set. and it's not bottom four.
1: <laughs> but they, they,
0: tra- they trade Dame. I'm taking the under on pretty
1: much. Oh, on. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. But I mean, but we'll get but again, we can't even really talk about any of this stuff. No, you can't. Until we see what cause, because the roster is so like right now they have 12 players under contract not counting two-ways.
0: Yeah, they're not even CBA legal right now to no. go into the season. Uh Dusty asked me today like are you going to go through win loss win loss? I'm like yeah, I am. When I know the roster Right. <laughs> like, then I'll, then I'll win-loss thing because, like, Las Vegas isn't even putting out of... Like, you can't They're off the anybody. board for, like, they, they're over-under. Because nobody knows if Dame anywhere. is
1: going to be on the team or not.
0: No. And you're, you're, you're talking about a 15, 18-game swing. Yes. Dame and Lillard on or off the roster. It's, it's quite literally that, that heavy. And so, because they lose Dame and they bring back young guys. They're going to be on the board for 24 and a half.
1: And you're taking the under. So <laughs>
0: yeah, like this team, like if if, if uh, they're not going to. But if, let's say they take the the Nets package and Harrow came went somewhere else and they got another young player. Uh-huh. Like that team is like if they won more than 20 games I'd be impressed. It's the history of like if, again, if you look at those teams with those teenage guards, they were all very bad. The one exception, or I should say two exceptions are Stephon Marbury, who went to KG's Timberwolves, where they made the playoffs at 40 and 42. And Tony Parker, Parker, who went to the
1: Spurs, who had Duncan and still still David Robinson at that point.
0: Fourth year, Tim Duncan. Twelfth year, David Robinson. Malik Rose, Bruce Bowen. uh, Second year, Stephen Jackson. Right. Uh like they had dudes up and down that roster. Yeah,
1: because he wasn't a lottery pick. He was a late first round pick Yeah, so n- like 19th. He, so he was drafted by a so he was he was drafted by a team that was not, you know, picking high in the lottery where he was expected to be the franchise guy right and away. And his but, job
0: was to just get Timmy and David the ball. Like that was yeah. what he had to do. Like By he, the way, did
1: you wa- did you watch uh did you watch uh, the Hall of Fame. Tony's Hall of Fame speech?
0: Yeah, more, he's like, yeah, it was my job to give Timmy the ball.
1: <laughs> I thought he had the best. I mean, all of them were good. Like, yeah. Pop was good. Wade was good. Pow was good. Dirk was good. I thought Tony's was the best speech out of any of them.
0: Yeah, I thought so too, because it was just funny, because I think he's probably the, most, the least likable guy up there.
1: I never had an issue with Tony. I talked to him. No,
0: before. no, not like personally, but like, you know, the I, other yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah, right. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two of those guys, two of those guys, I actually have covered before. Like I had, I had Powell for two years in Chicago, and then oh, I had yeah. Wade the one year that he was with the Bulls, which was maybe not the finest moment of his career, but you know, those are two guys that I actually had for full seasons. Yeah. Hey, Trailblazers legend, Pau Gasol. It's true. It's true. I mean, he hey former he got former, former Just, Blazers former Blazers consultant, Pau Gasol. Because mm. remember, like he uh, like halfway through he that stayed season, on. They, halfway through the season they stopped like pretending like there was a chance he was actually going to play and they were like he's transitioning into a special advisory role in the front office and then that lasted basically right until covid hit and then yeah. <laughs> it was just like okay we're he, not." he doing
0: dipped this. out in i think late january
1: yeah something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then like a month later i saw him and his wife at the all-star game in chicago i was at uh the downtown giordano's with chris herring and mm. pow pow and his wife walked in and just like they were sitting at a different. I, I mean, I I know Pau because I covered him for two years. I didn't bug him, but then like a month later, the world shut down. Should have bugged him. Maybe I should. <laughs> no, I li- I like Pow a lot. He's a great dude. I'm sure you know you'll never hear anything but that from no anybody. But one of the nicest guys I've ever covered.
0: Yeah, I've never heard a sideways word about Powell. on, and... or on four, So
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, purely from a selfish standpoint. Uh, from a life planning standpoint and just from Mm -hmm. a balance of this stuff standpoint, I love this schedule. I like this schedule a lot more than last year's. schedule. Yeah. Honestly,
0: I thought when I started digging into it, I was like, Oh, this is a little tough. And then like, when I I saw all of it and I saw the, the league breakdown this morning, Uh I I got wind of like, Oh, where the blazers are kind of slotting in. I was like, Oh, this actually isn't bad. The, The majority of the schedule is actually pretty favorable. It's just that they get punched in the teeth twice. Mm -hmm. They have two seven-game road trips where their first seven-game road trip starts the first of the new year. Right. In Phoenix, goes to Dallas twice, goes to New York uh, for Knicks and Nets, then goes to OKC, then to Minnesota on a back-to-back. They play seven games in eleven days, including a back-to-back. But at the, the, end of the same other road trip,
1: the other part, the other side of that, though, is that there are only those seven games are only in four different cities because they've got two in Dallas and then they two knock out both of the New York teams. Yeah. And those they probably won't even back. change hotels in New York. No, I'm I'm starting I'm starting to like I might do that those two in New York because just because I you, know, you can a, get both as yeah. as, a, as a beat writer I don't like you know being away from the team for two whole weeks no because
0: that goes from the first to the 12th i believe yeah 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 yeah.
1: so that that's a tough and honestly the other one though the seven gamer at the end of march beginning of april the the southeast one that's like that's like orlando atlanta charlotte miami and then like a couple other places that one there are no back-to-backs so that's a little bit more palatable
0: yeah and no, that's the thing is like, uh, Portland. but also by that point, well. they might
1: be tanking anyway. So it doesn't really matter.
0: Like the, the month of January, I think is their is their most brutal month I would hands have. down. It's not even just the, the seven game road trip. They have 17 games, which is the most they have in a month. Okay. So 17 games in 31 days or more than a one game every other day. Okay. 11 of those 17 are on the road. So you have that seven game road trip plus four more. Okay. Mm-hmm. You also have three back-to-backs in that month. Okay. And you also have 13 games with one day or less, 24 hours or less rest before the next game. So you might have a game at like 730 in one time zone and it's 730 in another, but you're losing two hours, you know, like going from, I don't know, Phoenix to New York. And you only have one day off in between and you're losing two hours and you're playing at seven 30 mountain time. And then you're playing at seven 30 Eastern. So you quite literally getting less than 24 hours full turn. And so it's like, Ooh, that's not a ton of rest in between, but digging in, um, it was interesting, uh, positive residual, uh, the fantastic website, they had the full league breakdown. I started digging through it. The blazers. Have been first, second, or third in travel for
1: every year that I can remember. Like total distance and total miles.
0: distance, yes. They they usually clean house. It's not close. It's the you know it's a team first or second and like that's way out in front. And then a couple other teams. This year the Blazers are sixth, and there's a seismic gap between them at sixth and the Clippers at first. The Clippers are traveling over fifty thousand miles this year. The Blazers are at forty six so they lost a ton of travel compared to where they have been in the past so the blazers actually got some favors done to them they had some they had some help on the travel they also had some help on the rest advantage even though they had all those games where like again they're compressed and they have short rest the opponents they're taking on are on the same or less for a lot of these games the blazers have the third most Rest advantage games this season at Mm fourteen, and the second least rest disadvantage games at nine, which is actually pretty impressive considering that Portland is quite literally the most geographically isolated team in the NBA.
1: It's going to be so much easier in two years when Seattle's in the mix. Oh god,
0: that's going to cut so much travel down with either Memphis and New Orleans going east, like. Having a team that's like twenty five hundred miles away yeah. no longer be in your conference while a team that is three hundred miles away is in your conference. And also Vegas, like
1: Vegas again, is an easy flight too, yeah.
0: That that's that that triangle is going to be so much better for Portland on the travel side of things. You're literally again, you're probably cutting what, six, seven thousand miles worth of travel down. Do you, you think they'll even, done. do
1: you think they'll even bother going to the airport and taking the 45 minute flight to Seattle or are they just yeah. going to bust that one?
0: No, they'll take the flight just because you never know what can happen. Sure.
1: Yeah. One, uh, one thing I did notice when I count I I haven't gone as deep into the rest advantage stuff as you have, obviously. And this mm-hmm. is all great stuff. And you, you, you broke this down on the Patreon also, which again, subscribe to the Jack Ramsey's Patreon. If you're, I nerded on out there. on it. I, no, it's I, great. I, I had time. No, it's great. This is, this is, this is worthwhile stuff one thing that i noticed so they have 14 back to backs mhm seven of them split are split right in the middle seven of them are home so home mm-hmm. where they just play two games in a row at home so that's no that's not travel which like i know it's a back to back in the sense of uh you're bed though you're playing two you know it's a, it's a back to back in the sense of you're playing two nights in a row but it's you know it's not like you know you're going from you know one city to another and then you got to play a game. Not only are you playing two games in the same city, but then you also get to go home and sleep in your own bed.
0: It beats um, the heat or the heat the Hawks. The Hawks are playing. I want to say it's the Nets on a home series over three days. Uh huh. The Hawks come to Portland in between. What? They do like a one weird one away thing. It, it's, it's just wait. So they
1: play. So they play in Atlanta against the Nets, and then they fly to Portland, and then they go back to back, Atlanta and, and they play, play the Nets
0: Atlanta, the, next, the next day.
1: That's it's a. It's that's a one, one of the one. worst ones I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, it's a very, very, very bad wrinkle, and I went, "Ooh,
1: that's not good. what is
0: that." Yeah, if we're going to go ahead,
1: if we're going to go and like project out the schedule wins versus losses, I think that's one of no, the few, losses. no matter what happens, even if Dame is traded, that's <laughs> that's one of the ones I think we can project as a win. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. no, and, and, and again, I think it's the Nets. Let's go back and double check. You can chalk those up as Nets wins. Like that, that kind of travel going back and forth like that? No, no, that, that's those, like the, for those that, are, that are, aren't aware the rest advantage disadvantage and travel distance thing is is about as good an indicator as there is for win loss as there is in the NBA there are games that NBA teams they just chalk up yeah. they go nah
1: schedule losses. Is what this they call is a, it. this this is
0: a schedule loss it's done like if we if we are not competitive in the first 15 20 minutes of this game it's over we're not going to have the juice like right. it's just it is what it is so like like kind of again understanding that in structure, and again win loss for portland doesn't make any really matter but i will say this it's a good thing they're gonna be young this year because the way that that schedule breaks out in january january and march are just kicks in the teeth they just game after game both months have 17 games in 31 days they're two heaviest back-to-back months their shortest rest advantage months it's also the, the two months that they play the the most difficult opponents from last year they have uh 34 games in those 2 months, they played 20 of those 34 against playoff opponents. It's
1: like yeah, that's a lot. That 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 early January road trip opponent-wise, like brutal. That's six playoff teams. And, yeah. and I say six because it's seven games but two of them are in Dallas. So mm-hmm. all six cuz that cuz that one is uh, you know, Phoenix playoff team. Dallas playoff team, Knicks playoff team, Nets playoff team, Oklahoma City, I think, at the very least, play-in team. Yeah. Probably. And Minnesota
0: was a, play- then a playoff team. And Minnesota, playoff.
1: yeah, playoff team. I am so, I mean, I think by far... The because, Nets you know, are
0: the worst team on that trip.
1: Yeah, and the Nets are, like, also a, you know, play-in at the very least. Yeah, they're like, still a good team. De- they're decent, yeah. yeah. They're, I mean, they're better than what Portland will be if Dame is traded. 100%. Like... <laughs> zero, zero doubt about that. You know, there are... Like, you, uh, there are you can you know, say are, that
0: about any night they're not playing Detroit.
1: Like, Which that's by like the one way, team. I'm like, are they good? Yeah, Detroit, I think De- uh, Washington also is the other one. Oh, team.
0: you know what? I keep forgetting Washington. Washington, Washington like,
1: so of that thing. Yeah. I think De- Detroit thing Detroit and Washington, and Washington are the two teams in the league. Like, yeah. even if Dame is traded, Detroit and Washington are the only two teams in the league that I look at and say, yes, those two teams are going to be worse.
0: Those are those are competitive games,
1: right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Maybe Charlotte, but even then, like if Mello is more healthy, yeah. like, yeah like but so uh (laughs) i am really excited for that late december back-to-back with Wemby, and i'm surprised one of those two games like so we you know we've always been making a big deal and like it's been like a a running thing the last couple of days or whatever since like the details started to leak out portland's only i don't count nba tv neither do you because it's not really national tv hey real quick sean
0: is nba tv blacked out in portland yes Okay, so it's not national TV.
1: <laughs> and is the broadcast of NBA TV the, local, the, the broadcast local broadcast for the home crew? But anyway, if you're only counting ESPN, ABC, TNT as the actual mm-hmm. national TV game, Portland's only national game is the Miami game, which is after the deadline. and
0: February 27th.
1: You, know, you can, you know, draw your own conclusions about why the league scheduled it, not only after the trade deadline, but also why they put that one on TV. That's... Also... Guess what
0: else happens post all-star break? If Damian Lillard isn't traded, they can flex out of it.
1: Yeah. But the point like, being- like,
0: they, they they set that up the best possible scenario mm-hmm. for them. If he's traded, awesome. It's his first return to Portland. If he's not traded, they flex out of it. If he's traded before the season, cool. They'll get him in Miami and they'll get him on the road. It's like, that's that's
1: why that was set up the way it was. well their game in miami is also on that late march road trip too though. Yeah. so that's after his yeah but so uh, right but so i'm i'm not at all surprised that they don't mm-hmm. have very many national tv games because i think most people within the league just because stars who request a trade usually end up getting traded at some point i think most people assume that at some point, whether it's before the season or at the deadline or in December or whatever the case may be, he's going to be traded, and and then they won't be a team worth putting on national TV. Mm -hmm. I am a little surprised that the first Scoot-Wemby game isn't on national TV. Just considering, like, I know those are, like, two teams that are probably not going to be very good, but there was so much buzz around the Vegas game last year, and, like, they made such a big deal out of the summer league game that they were going to play, which they ended up not playing against each other because Scoot was hurt. That seems like an easy one to put on TNT or something.
0: The thing about that was, let me pull it up here real quick. December 28th. Uh,
1: oh, t- do they not have games though that week on the national? I'm pretty sure they don't have games that week on ESPN. I mean, ESPN I get, cause they have like college football, like bowl games. You've got stuff, bowl but, season. Right. But why, like, why is, why does TNT not have games that week?
0: Yeah, the, I was gonna say the only national TV games that night are Detroit, Boston, and Miami, Golden State, um,
1: and they're on NBA TV,
0: and they're on NBA TV.
1: Why well, does TNT not have games that week? Again, ESPN, you get because they have college football. I but.
0: think TNT actually has some. Some uh, I think Turner has some college football content too. Do they? Yeah, it's either that or they're going to be continually running uh, a Christmas story still.
1: Okay. Sure. <laughs> Two days after Christmas? Sure, okay. Sure.
0: Like, it probably still makes the money at that point in time. Um But I saw people like, oh, no, it'll be a national TV game. I was like, I've seen the schedule, guys. They're not, they got one. Yeah. That was, that was it. And, look, I, I get the whole Scoot Wimby thing. The fact that it's also on Rivalry Week, you saw that, right?
1: The one in San Antonio in January. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I was like, I get we're trying to make Scoot Wemby a thing, but they're not. It's like trying to make Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard a thing. If you asked like the average NBA fan which player was drafted, uh, uh, you know, a, a year a, uh, a year earlier, a year later, I think most people would not get that they're from the same draft, right? Like it's just they don't. That line well, is because drawn. Anthony
1: Davis was nineteen and Dame was twenty two or twenty three
0: but also like the difference between Anthony Davis as a prospect and Damian Lillard as a prospect, as a prospect was worlds apart. You
1: understand this one a little bit more because like the whole year it's been Scoot Wemby Scoot Wemby. It's like it's like a LeBron Mello thing from 2003 where like See, I don't all think year... it's quite
0: like that far. Like no nobody was ever like they were legitimate people who I like and trust and not just like gaslighting people into this of like Carmelo Anthony should be the number one overall pick. You know pick. what? You
1: know what I mean, though. No, I I know. I know. I I agree with you about that. But I'm you, you know what I mean about like those being the two guys that they talked about all year. Even if sure. people thought like, everybody knew Webby was one, but everybody assumed Scoot was number two. And I, you know, I I obviously didn't. But also Melo didn't go two in that draft either. Darn,
0: it's go coming to the go, same go, thing. Go,
1: but go. the point being, like, that's a little. I don't think the Dame Anthony Davis thing is quite fair because, like, it's the same like scoot Wemby has been like a known thing for a year
0: i get what you're saying in, in that regard but like it did generate buzz uh-huh. when, when scoot banged on Wemby. like there's no there's no yeah. doubt about that yeah but it didn't it didn't feel like at least to me maybe i'm just old and washed it did not feel like to <laughs> well me yes that, you that are was, but i mean so that could be, but... be entirely you know separate from this but it didn't feel like to me that it was generating like that kind of buzz of like, again, LeBron Mello like or a draft where this, like even with Zion and Jaw, right. like that didn't really have that juice. Where like, even though everybody knew it was going to go that route, it still didn't, didn't have that. And But so Zion I, and
1: Jaw didn't play against each other in college, did they? No, but
0: these guys only played against each other in a glorified scrimmage. In but
1: that games. one game was a huge thing. It got a ton of buzz, and it was like a thing that people talked about, like for you know the the month after that. It was like a whole yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: I just think I think you get that in college basketball too. I, I had um, uh, Chet and Jalen Duran in the NCAA tournament here in Portland. Uh-huh. You know that had buzz like that. Like you had like two bigs kind of going against each other, and like. Which one's going to, can Chet actually handle the grown man child of Jalen Durr? Like, that felt like it had, like, more, like, budding rivalry stuff Uh than this does. And those guys were lower profile. Significantly. But, I want to focus on you, like, because I just thought of Chet, and this can
1: maybe, I'm very interested in how Chet looks this year.
0: If you had to put money on it, I know you're not a gambling man, but gun to your head, if you had to put money on it, are you more comfortable betting Chet, Wemby, or Scoot?
1: For Rookie of the rookie Year. Of the year? Uh, that's a good one, because I've thought about this. I'm going to go Wemby, just because, A, I mean, it's like clearly like the most talented out of the yeah. three like if he's if they have like their average like what their rookie season is going to look like his is going to be the best yes i would be more comfortable making the argument for scoot Mm -hmm. if the dame stuff got resolved and his usage would like you knew he was going to start and you knew his usage was going to be off the charts because it's really easy for you know rookie point guards who have the ball all the time to put up a, Mm -hmm. a ton of numbers and i also feel like Oklahoma City is probably like because I know there's been this idea that like San Antonio is going to load manage Wemby a ton I actually don't think they really will as I much I don't, I don't think they will as much as like I think Oklahoma City is going to load manage Chat because he's coming off his foot injury more yep. than uh seven footer with goes.
0: foot injury be afraid manage. yeah it, um, uh, incredibly Wemby's never been hurt
1: no no and that's the thing is
0: you and I, we were talking to folks in Vegas, and, and one of the folks that I talked to, um, who's covered the league forever, and I trust unequivocally, right? Matter of factly pointed out, uh, who's going to be around longer with the organization, Greg Popovich or Victor Wembanyama, because Popovich is seventy four, about to be seventy five years old. If Wemby plays fifteen years, that's Pop is ninety. In all reality, he's probably not around
1: huby's still huby's 90 he's Look, still in the mix i, I
0: am not <laughs> trying to put greg popovich in the grave I'm just saying most <laughs> people don't live till 90 no i
1: know I, no, I know and so
0: there's this whole idea of like well pop and the spurs are gonna manage Wemby. Wemby wants to play
1: yeah and he, i
0: i if i was a betting man i'm betting on him having more leverage and more say and playing more than be like oh he's only gonna play 55 60 games i'm like if he's good to go he's going to play as many games as he want to they had they basically had to beg him to shut him down like dude you know like there was Summer i remember League, like, no you can't play
1: i remember after that uh after you know after that that exhibition game against scoot there was all that uh you know there were people who were saying that like Oh, he could shut it after that exhibition game. He could mm-hmm. shut it down, and he'd still be the number one pick. And him and his agent both came out and were just like, "What are you talking about? He wants we're to play." We're not shutting
0: anything down. I'm going <laughs> to play, which is interesting because Scoot kind of went the other way. So it's like it's it's an interesting. You mean with
1: after the shoulder injury? And... Yeah.
0: They're like, nah, we're gonna no 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 not, not summer <laughs> league. No, like the G League Ignite. They they shut him down. They shut him down in January. So it's 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 just interesting. And again, I'm not saying Scoot. I'm going to guess that was
1: more it's them just... than him.
0: I guess yes. But I think it's two different things, two different ways that the camps are handling things. Right. But it's also Wemby is unquestionably about that life. Like, he's, he, like, Hooper's Hooper. Like, uh-huh. he he wants to get out there and play. And Scoot is, too. Yeah, and he wants to get out there and play. And so, like, this whole idea of Wemby being load-managed, ah, I'll buy it when I see the Spurs are actually willing to do it. And not only willing, but able to do it. But for those out there for betting advice, entertainment purposes only, um, I would take Wemby over Scoot still.
1: Yeah, for rookie. Yeah, I, I, th- I think... Even,
0: even if Dame, even if Dame's situation was resolved, I would still take Wemby over Scoot.
1: I would lean the same way also. I did find it interesting that the Spurs have 11 national TV games. They're super front-loaded. Just in case. Just in Well, A, just in case, and B, because I think they also realize that the Spurs are not going to be that good.
0: No, you don't want to so, tune into a March game... Uh, When they're 21 and 49.
1: And I think the league also, like, remember when Zion was drafted, they put New Orleans on TV like 30 times and that like blew up in their face. So I think they want to kind of, you know, slow play it
0: with, with a potential injury.
1: Yeah, which I mean, I I know it was a little bit of a different thing because Zion, you know, had stuff. You know, he had the knee thing at Duke and, you know, yeah. he had other injury stuff blew where Wemby doesn't have that, yeah. but you still. You still don't want to put so much on a 19-year-old kid right away. No. no. To be like, oh, you're the new face of the league. Even even if it's like as someone who's seen as as much of a can't-miss prospect as Wemby.
0: Was there anything else from the schedule, though, that was like jumped out at you, good, bad, or otherwise?
1: Uh, I like the baseball series.
0: I'm I'm growing accustomed to it. i um, not even accustomed to it. I like it. Uh, beyond that, um, I'll I'll, I'll I'll say it here, and I've said it before. Uh, I'm pro NBA Cup.
1: Oh, I'm 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 into it. I'm uh,
0: anything that you're doing to try to make games matter more, I'm in for. And everyone's like, oh, why are they doing this? It doesn't matter. Why not give it a shot? Like everybody said this about the play, even with the play in, I was like, ah, it's not really gonna matter. After I saw the success of the play in and how vital, and this is pre heat running to the finals from the play in, it was just oh, there's three or four teams that are absolutely interested in not only getting to the play-in, they're like 10, 11, 12, but also the teams that are five, six, seven, eight, are like, we want to get the hell out of this bracket and get a guaranteed spot. And so that juxtaposition has been really interesting and dynamic for the final six weeks of the season now. The thing I wonder about with the cup, not only how it impacts the schedule, who cares about it from the player's perspective and do the orgs care enough about it to like incentivize it. And that's the thing is uh, this first year, I want to see how it impacts scheduling, how it impacts rest, how it impacts guys, how much they care. And is there enough of an incentive to make the players and organizations care?
1: I think that's going to take several years years for, well, for basically the, the, you know, the, I mean, LeBron's obviously going to be aged out in like two years, but like two or three years or whatever, but like, or one year. Or you know whatever the case may be, but like the KD staff, basically like the generation that starts with like KD and runs through like Dame, basically Dame Giannis, mm-hmm. like the two thousand like seven to thirteen or fourteen draft classes. Yeah. Once those guys all age out, I feel like the younger guys, like the Lamelo, Anthony Edwards, Wemby, Scoot, uh, Cooper, Flag, in you know, a couple of years, whatever.
0: The like, they got next group.
1: That, yeah, like the, the, the guys, like the, the, the currently 25 and under guys, basically. Yeah. I think those guys, since this got they implemented the, the flag so early, flag okay. bearers, if you will, with Cooper flag. I see, I see what you, you can, you can pretend you did that on purpose, even though you didn't. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give that one to you, but... That, it, with those guys, it happened so early in their careers for some, like for like the Anthony Edwards, Lamello, like those guys, you know, had they had three years without it. And now that like, they're still young enough that like, was, and, and also like Wemby and Scoot, they will have never been in the NBA without, without this. it. Yeah. So, you know, then they can look at this as like, oh, hey, cool. This is part of the schedule. So I think in like five years, it's going to be That's a thing the players care about. And it might, it might take the, you know, Dame, Steph, you know, KD. Hard and like it might take that generation fully aging out for it to become a thing that all the marquee guys care about. That's
0: no, that kind of where sense. I'm at with it. No, I, I like that. Uh, I, I don't think they've incent- Not only that, I don't think they've incentivized it enough. Right. I feel like that there needs to be like some sort of non-monetary, tangible reward for teams. What that is, whether it's like an extra ping pong ball in the lottery or
1: but like the players aren't going to care about that because like.
0: No, like, but if you get organizations to care, organizations will make players care. Sure. That's that's like that. That's like the, you know, the tipping point. The domino means right. the fall. Right, like right. If, if orgs care about it, then players care. If players care, fans will care. Like like that's what you kind of have to do to knock those dominoes down. So like, I think if you know you do that, then well, organizations are now like well maybe we can we're okay with adding 0.001% BRI more into the pot for this and that's more money and <laughs> like that's like that those are the machinations like like right. well you mean we could get maybe one more door gate for this okay like those are the kind of things i think grease those wheels but it's going to unlike the play in tournament where it was like yeah no we're just giving more opportunity this isn't necessarily quite that so i think the carrot's going to need to be a little bit more
1: I could see certain organizations like the Lakers or the Celtics or the Warriors. Not caring? Not caring about it because it's like, they—they. I could see some of those types of organizations viewing this as the equivalent of like hanging a division winner banner.
0: Yes, but also you could see the Minnesota Timberwolves being like, hey, cup champions. Or
1: the Portland Trailblazers.
0: Wow, you're lumping them in with the Timberwolves, huh?
1: Or the Utah Jazz, or... Ooh. I don't think the Nuggets are going to really get up for it because they just won the title. But, you, you, like, those types, you know, like, those types of markets that don't have, like, the L.A., New York, Boston, Golden sure. State. Like, the Charlotte Hornets making the semifinals of the in-season tournament. Like, they'll hang a banner for that, for sure.
0: Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing, is, like... I, it also, like, to kind of give the England variation of this and, like, Premier League soccer, this is what, like, the second-tier teams in, in that that world live for. Uh-huh. Like, you don't get Champions League soccer. You get Europa League. And, like, being successful in Europa is like, yes, cup win, baby. Like, that's a big
1: deal. It's not the thing, but it's not nothing.
0: It's a big, it's a big deal to them. Like, I'm an Everton right. supporter. Like, they won, what, Europa? God, how long ago? Like, but, like... <laughs> Being a part of that, like, I know they're not going to go win a Premier League title, but are they going to be, like, top six in the table and get a chance at a Europa League slot and then have, like, cup play, like, be meaningful? Yeah, that's cool. And that's the thing. It's like, I think that that I have plenty of complaints about Adam Silver. Him trying to add additional give-a-bleep to the league is not a bad thing.
1: What? Do you think? Do you have any sense of how Dame feels about the in-season tournament? Whatever in t- team he's on, if he's here or if he's in Miami, like, do you think this is something he's going to get up for? Or you,
0: know, I I, or you know, I haven't. You know what? To be honest, I have not asked a player about that yet, and that's 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 on my kind of like to-do list of like, uh-huh. what like coming into the season, like, what do you think about this? Like, do you actually care? Like, I'll oh, ask guys on record, but I'm also going to ask plenty of them off the record, like, to get a general Why? feel for like. What do you really think about this?
1: I did a story four or five years ago when I was still with Bleacher Report and I was mm. more of a national writer. I wasn't like as much covering just the Blazers on a day-to-day basis like I am now. When they first started like talking about this seriously. Mm. This, was, this would have been like 2019 or this was pre-COVID, so it's been like 2019 or 2020. And what I did was I asked a bunch of players who are European and had played in because like a lot of the European Cubs. basketball leagues, yeah. like the Spanish league, the French league, yeah. all this stuff, they all, they have, all have they all have like the different like they all play in like the Euro League, but then they have their leagues for their countries, but then they have like a bunch of different competitions, and it's like kind of a similar thing. So I asked a bunch of like European guys, like I asked you know when he was on the Blazers, uh, Mario Hazonia, who has is from Croatia and had played for Barcelona, like. I, talk, like, I remember talking to Evan Fournier about this because he had mm-hmm. played in the French League before he came over to the NBA or like Tomas Satoransky who had played in the Czech Republic. Like a bunch of guys like Ricky Rubio, I think I talked to about it. But like a bunch of guys from those countries who had played in leagues in those countries before they came over to the NBA with that type of schedule asking them if they thought it could work in the NBA. And a lot of them said they didn't think it could just because American sports fans are so conditioned, whether it's, you know, the World Series or the Super Bowl or the Stanley Cup or the Larry O'Brien trophy, they're so conditioned to like fans in End other of countries season like playoffs. Like in Europe, like you know, all the, all these, all these, all these soccer leagues, like the, the, these different cups that they're, that they play for have been like a tradition for a hundred years or whatever. So fans know, they already like have from like when they grow up and like, they start, you know, watching, you know, these different leagues, they have it drilled into them that like, oh, you can play for this cup and this cup. And it's not just one cup is the only thing that matters. Whereas in all of the, uh, you know, the American sports leagues, it's. You want to win the Stanley Cup. You want to win the Super Bowl. You want the to win singular, the World Series. Yeah. Anything else is not, you know.
0: What's interesting is like, like the, the biggest clubs in the world, you know, you get Real Madrid, Barca, Manchester sure. United. You win the treble. You win three. Uh-huh. Like what would be interesting is I wonder if like if it ever gets to a spot, and this, this is probably years out of like you win the double, you know, you win the NBA Cup and the title. You know what I mean? Like, like is there ever a point where there's like a prestige level that comes with the NBA Cup? First of all, they have to change the name, but like...
1: Call it the Silver Cup.
0: And then make it's it Adam gold. It's Adam Silver's thing. Ha- make it the sil- call it the Silver Cup and make it gold. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like
1: it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's his... A, that's a good name for a thing, but it's sure. also his name. And he no, was no, the one that like was really no, pushing good. this and came up with it. That's better like than it. just the NBA Cup or the yeah. in-season tournament. Like... I get like you. You. you it needs, a, it all needs these, a better name. You spend all these years building up to this, and that was like the best you could come up with. Go get white
0: and Kennedy to give you another name. Like go, go yeah. do like workshop something,
1: or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do we have coming up on uh the Jack Ramseys and on the radio show? Any guests we should know about? Anything you're working on? Uh, Patreon. I'm
0: just, yeah, on the radio we've got uh, Fred McCaffrey. Uh, uh, Chris Murray's Keegan Murray's coach at Iowa. Uh, he's okay. slated to come up. He is currently in Europe. Um, he's heading back and we're going to have him on the radio. Uh, and then I've got, uh, the kids, the kids will all be on the podcast on the radio within the next month or so as we kind of get ready for camp. So that's, uh, we'll have scoot. We'll have Chris, uh, we'll have Ryan um, all in some form or version on the podcast and the the radio show, and give everybody a chance to kind of get to know those guys. If anybody's out there who's seen those videos before, um, we don't dive super deep into it. It's more of like, hey, let's get to know this guy, personality wise. But not only also that, give but the like,
1: kids practice doing interviews.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of it is like just getting guys comfortable. And I know it's maybe people don't want to hear that, but I have made kind of a rule of not killing kids. In the context of like the first four years of their career, Uh-huh. like I, I, I'm really not too critical on guys because there's just so much you have to learn. Uh, and hell, uh, one of the things I, I I learned most from Damian Lillard, talking to him over the years, was like he's he's told me flat out like I didn't know anything. Like I uh-huh. just I didn't really get it until year four, five, and six. Like I was good but I didn't understand what defenses were throwing at me. I didn't understand what it meant to truly be this, to truly be a pro, to, to live the, like all of those things that kind of come with that. And that's been something I've heard from pros across the board, like great players in the league of like, it takes years and years. And so like, what am I want to do is like get those guys comfortable and understand who they are as people. and, and, Get the basketball stuff out of them too. Hey, like, what makes you tick on a basketball court? And uh, how did you kind of develop this? How do you change? Like, one of my favorite things is like going through with Nasir Little and how he was kind of underutilized at North Carolina and him, like asking him, he had a breakout game in the, with the Lakers like a couple weeks before. And he hit a three and he left his hand up there. and I was like, What was that? Was that a little something for Kuz there? He'd gone back and forth with Kuzma and he just lit up like a Christmas tree. It was like, Yeah, yeah, somebody no, he was,
1: noticed. He just, somebody noticed.
0: Yeah, and he, and he was like, well, Remember, yeah, it remember was. this year at Summer
1: League, you asked Shay about the like stare down of Cam Whitmore after yeah. the dunk, and he was just like, Oh, was I? Uh, yeah, he, uh,
0: I, I asked you know, Shane Sharp, you know, he throws that dunk on Whitmore and. I was like, because it was literally right in front of us, five uh-huh. feet away yeah, from Yeah, we had those sitting. baseline
1: seats and yeah. back, Mac. Yeah,
0: and I could hear him screaming and just chest up. And I was like, "Oh, okay, Shay." You know, and I asked him after the game, you know, "Hey, man,
1: uh, a little more."
0: He's like, "You think so? You think I was showing a little more emotion?"
1: <laughs> well, because Shay is so like. So, fun. uh, he's so quiet and he's so like, it's, it's, it's like, it's one of those things where like, it's sort of like a Tracy McGrady thing where like, because yeah. he just never changes facial expressions and looks like he's sleepwalking through everything. Mm-hmm. People think like, oh, is that because he doesn't care about basketball? It's like, no, just- no he just has, his, 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 he's just very like, even keeled, like facial expression. So Look, to see we're him, around him
0: in the locker room, plenty. We we know kind of how he's he loose. Is. He's got a person. He's yeah. got
1: more of a personality, I think, than he yeah. lets on. One of our one of our goals, I think, has been to try to get that out of him, just a little, a little bit, bit more, more each time, publicly. Which I mean, we're, there's precedent for it. Like I remember, and you can speak to this better than I can because you are closer with him than I am. But Ant, as a rookie, versus now, we just we're at his camp over the weekend, and he could you have seen rookie Anthony Simons hosting a camp for kids and no. like being the center of attention and like, no. you know, walking kids through drills and like giving speeches to kids like that, like just the fact that he even is doing that is just yeah. like, insane.
0: no, Ant's parents were at the camp and they're fantastic people. I've known him ever since Ant came yeah, up here. Yeah. First time I met Ant was with his parents. Yeah. Charles and Tamika <laughs> are great. Yeah. Fantastic. And I literally said, this is not the same human you guys brought up here five years ago. Like this is the, he's, he is complete. like people think he's quiet this is nothing compared to what he was when he first got here. And it's like, you're right. That, that's the thing is that, and part of like doing those interviews is building those relationships with those guys and getting them comfortable so that when you and I come into the locker room, yeah, it's a normal thing to have like normal discussions and not even just about basketball, just about life. And so like, that's, that's a big thing. It's kind of just getting those guys into, yeah. the, into that vein. And then totally. down the road when we have it because we have Ant every year, we have Nas every year, like the younger guys, we had Gary a couple years, like, that's that's the part of that is building those relationships and then coming back and like touching on it. like again, like when the seer watching him go through his injuries and come back and uh, break down and build up his jump shot. Like we could talk about things that we talked about three years ago. And it's like those building blocks, I think, are so fundamentally necessary for not only just like good coverage, but telling somebody's story.
1: This is the kind of stuff I like about covering the NBA. I, oh, 100%. I hate that. Like, I get that, like, this, that's what drives traffic and stuff. But, like, I hate mm-hmm. the trade rumors. I hate all that, all that stuff. I mean, I have to like, cover
0: it because I, I, it's part of the game. It's, but what, also, it's like, what the
1: job is, but, yeah. you know.
0: But it's also, I'd be lying if I say, I don't, I don't like doing it in the sense of, like, it's like playing an RPG. Like, you're, 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 you're trying to, like, see what fits and how what things work. And, like, that's always going right. to me. But I'd much rather talk about
1: the basketball. Talk much, about the much basketball or also just, basketball. just, like, talk to these kids or yeah. just you know get to know them like mm-hmm. like i did a i did a uh interview with ibu Baji over the you know at, at summer league
0: incredible incredible kid
1: great kid but like after our interview because i did a story on him back in march which mm-hmm. i think was the first interview that he ever gave and at that point back in like march his English was still pretty rough because, mm-hmm. you know, English is obviously not his native language. Oh, it's I his fifth him. language. <laughs> yeah, it's his fifth language, which is crazy. He speaks <laughs> four other languages. But, like, I, interv- I you know, I interviewed him, like, a month ago after a summer league practice in Vegas. And afterwards, I commented to him that his English has gotten a lot better mm-hmm. since the last time I talked to him. And he looks at me and he says, when you see me in the locker room, I want you to come talk to me so that I can work on my English. And, like, that's the kind of stuff I love, doing. Yeah. That's not, that's no. not, like, I like that more than I like Getting on this podcast and going through the millionth iteration of like, well, how you know what would Miami have to do to make a Dame trade? Be like, I just like, <laughs>
0: yeah. Why do you think I took a month off, man? Uh, why do Why do you think? I took a yeah, month
1: off? I, this is my first. This is my first episode <laughs> in like two or three weeks too. It's just I was not going like, to do it. And it was it was not it was not by design actually. Like I actually did have like a few guests that I like like talking to, and then they fell through or couldn't do it, and then it was just like, you know what. If there's a time that it's not the worst thing in the world to take a little bit of time off, it's early August when nothing happened with the Dame stuff. Nothing's going to happen with the Dame stuff. The whole league, like every front office is on vacation right now. (laughs) You know, now we've got, what, probably six weeks now before training camp.
0: Yeah, so six weeks till camp, but you're going to see guys coming into town in the next week. Yeah. Next week or two. You'll see guys coming into town.
1: Yeah, uh, like guy, you know, everything is kind of like Nurk got married in Croatia yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So that he'll
0: happens. go honeymoon and do his thing.
1: And then be uh, back and
0: Ant a- and Desir both have their camps in Florida. Ant, I believe, is down at Formula Zero right
1: now at Danger. Dane camp in Arizona. Which yes. that was here. That was here last year. It's in Arizona this year. And
0: that is that's, not where, that's where like Phil Beckner
1: is. is yes, that's where his
0: training trainer. facility is at. So like everybody's like, whoa, it's that's like. Mm. I think that was kind of in the works already guys. It's yeah, it's okay. But, uh, I think Ant is down there working on the camp right now, but he'll be back in Portland relatively soon. Uh, Nas obviously lives here in the off season, but he's got his camp in Florida. Um, I think Baji and a couple of the, uh, the, the contract 10 guys are at the practice facility like mm-hmm. daily right now. So well, you're Manji, see- like,
1: it's a little like his family is still in Senegal. So it's a little bit harder for him to just, him like, just hop up and go home. It's yeah. a little bit like at least Florida, if we going back to Florida, at least that's like a six hour, flight, hour, and it's five an, and hour it's flight domestic flight. So it's not yeah. like a whole bunch of other stuff you have to clear to go back and to a whole different, day, a different yeah. continent, like a whole different, yeah. like other side of the world. Like,
0: well, yeah. And I, I know uh, a couple other guys are in town too. So, um, I would imagine Scoot would I think skiing. has been like
1: a Scoot just did his little ODD con thing in Georgia but I yeah think he was also
0: just up at the crossover too in Washington in Seattle
1: yeah he was in Seattle so he's in the area I think he's yeah. gonna try to start you know being in the mix here a little bit more I would
0: um oh in the mix huh? not not the remix though uh, no but, he already <laughs>
1: did his time in the G League which no, by uh, the way I, once again watch the G League documentary even besides yeah the Scoot I've got stuff, I've got to like, add that
0: to the, to the, to the even offer.
1: beside like the Scoot stuff is great but also like this good Denzel Valentine, who I covered for a couple of years in Chicago, uh, was Deep in guy. it. He's one of the guys that's in it. Uh, there's this kid, Ryan Terrell, who's, like, trying to be the first Orthodox Jew ever to play in the oh, NBA. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, his, yeah. Story, his story is interesting. Like, I think it does it does a good job of, like, Multiple it, it's, stories. Kind, it's kind of like the similar, which I haven't watched this yet, but have you watched the quarterback show on Netflix?
0: Yeah, I've got through a couple different episodes when they kind of profile Mahomes and, and Kirk Cousins.
1: I haven't watched that yet. I've heard it's it's It is. It's, it's, it's very good. I'm going to watch it at some point but it's kind of in the same vein of like you have uh you know Patrick Mahomes who's like a superstar like all-time great type of quarterback and you have Kirk Cousins who's at least who's like a you know veteran but like a decent nope starter bunched. but not on yeah. that level and then you have Marcus Mariota who's like a journeyman backup getting cut mm-hmm. and, and stuff The G League documentary is kind of the same way where you have Scoot who like is you know a premier signing of the G League Ignite who sure. was being groomed as a high lottery pick and then you have a guy like Denzel Valentine who was trying an to NBA get one lottery more shot, pick and then shot. like yeah and then like there's a couple of guys who have been like grinding the overseas fringe, yeah. and then finally like it, it, it's like six or i don't remember all their names off the top of my head but it's like six you wanna, or seven you guys them out. all at different points in their career and coming from different places all in the G League. I think it does a That's really cool. good job of, yeah, of no, doing I'll,
0: it. I'll have I'll have to dig into that more.
1: As far as the Scoot Henderson IMDb, I think this is more worth watching than the Shooting Stars.
0: The, the LeBron show
1: which I did not watch, but I've heard that I'm not, I'm not missing a lot. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm good. But, hey, look, get the bag, Scoot. Appreciate you.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Get the bag. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, like I'll admit, I haven't really listened to much of Dame's music either, so I'm going to probably treat wow. Scoot's acting career.
0: Wow. Cold. Okay.
1: Hey, what I've heard hasn't been bad. It's just I'm not I'm not going to be sitting at home like, oh, I'm going to put on that Dame Dollar, you know? No,
0: I'm ashamed, man. Look at you. You're not ten toes down.
1: I'm. I just cover the team, man. It's not my job to be, you know. You know, I did. I didn't listen to CJ McCollum's podcast when he was like when he was here. Did you listen to CJ's podcast? The pull up yeah. with Jordan Schultz? Not I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you know. You know. I'm. I, I, I. These guys can do this stuff. It doesn't mean I have to. Uh, you know. If it's not something I'm interested in, but this dude documentary is great. Okay. I'll, not I'll, just I'll, Scoot documentary. The G League John. It's great. Yeah. I'll check that out. Rose Garden Report Recommendation for.